Hello and welcome to the Stuff Jesus Said podcast. I'm Eric Payton. And I'm Corey Nickel. And this is a show where we take something that Jesus said and we talk about it for a little bit and have some fun. That's right. Lots of fun. All right. All right. If you haven't already, please be sure to follow uh, Corey and I on Twitter, Instagram, whatever that is. Uh, leave a rating for the show. Um, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. My handle is epate88. And mine is at Corey Nickel. So we'd appreciate uh, appreciate that follow. And hit us up if you have any requests or anything, any thoughts on the show. Our uh, our topic for next episode is also is actually a listener requested one from Twitter. Uh, Second one overall. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited about that. We'll uh, talk about that that at the end. Uh, but that's how you can kind of engage in the uh, conversation here. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely, your support and review helps us kind of broaden our audience and get out there to help other people hear what Jesus said. Yeah, yeah. So Corey, you. You preached this morning, right? I, I did. Yeah. I Where feel like I'm at? just rolling the day. Long, long day. Yeah. So I, I was down in Pella, Where are you Iowa from? this morning, where I'm from, originally grew up and uh, preached at a church called Pella 2 Christian Reformed Church. Pella 2? Pella, they're the second Christian Reformed Church of Pella. Oh. Yeah. There's numerous. There's like, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can go way into Dutch heritage there but we'll I do won't. that another episode yes yes and yeah. so and yeah <laughs> there preach this morning um what'd you preach on uh, so i i think it was i can't quite remember <laughs> i've took a long nap this afternoon but it was i think it was in matthew four and was jesus in the wilderness so i kind of took okay. a previous message and and revamped it for the church um from what we've done at revive um mm. which is where eric and i are on a speaking team here in, in west des moines for Lutheran Church of Hope, young adults. Um, so yeah, kind of took that and, and went with it. it. Was it was a lot of fun. Um, the the Dutch CRC crowd is much different than uh, the other places I've been speaking lately. How so? so well, How so well, I asked, I asked for some like crowd participation. Like, okay, raise your hand if, and I'm not joking. No one raised their hand. No one. <laughs> and the question was like simple like after i had explained wilderness like the positive and negative yeah, sides yeah. to it i was like okay like who here would say that they're in a season of wilderness and i'm like raise my hand and i said i am nobody no one no one no. Like, and you know there's a lot of people out oh there. they all yeah. are for sure but you can that's see by like their eyes i grew up in this this denomination and i know it well and and mm-hmm. they are very stoic and like you get the front and not the insides of how they're feeling. And so I just, I like made fun of them. I'm like, Oh yeah, sorry. I forgot. I'm in a CRC church. Yeah. No one here is going to admit anything. And they chuckled at that, but yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun and got to spend the afternoon napping and just woke up just in time to see Rory McElroy win the, the FedEx cup today. So that was good. 15 mil in his pocket there. That, that number blew my mind. Actually the numbers that they were all winning blew my mind. He said it's the largest payday in sports, single day payday in sports. It, I don't, I don't know how they got that much money. Cause this is like the first time they've been doing or second time that they, well, it's a new format this year, but last year it was 10 million. They've, yeah, it's kind of ramped up with sponsors and that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's, anyway. it's been wild, but no, it was, it's been, it's been a good day, but I, I see that you're, you're drinking something anti-religious over there. Am I anti-religious? What? Read your label. Uh, Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo. Voodoo Ranger. You know, that's not holy. It's got a really cool logo though. Have you seen this? Like, it's like a, um, skeleton Skull, bomber. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. 
It's uh, from New Belgium, Imperial IPA. That's good. So it's a little stout. Is it stouty? Um, a little bit, yeah. Like darker. For an IPA. Now that you say it, I didn't even. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Never had that one. You want to try it? No, you sound sick. I don't want that. You're right. I, I am a little <laughs> sick. I've got a, I've got a, a under two year old, so that uh, kind of goes with the territory. Yeah, man. Now I, uh, on my end over here, I'm, I've been inspired by, um, Anheuser Busch, and Bud Heavy, and drinking the king of beers, the, the Bud Heavy. Nice. It, uh, my father-in-law has read their biography story. And so he went and he decided to go out and like, just get some to drink just to like drink while he was reading this, the biography of Anheuser-Busch. So, so I think I, we're going to have to ask, this is one of our guests that we're going to have on eventually. He doesn't Ooh. know it yet. Oh, and I haven't asked him. Oh wait, <laughs> is this going to be a real person? No, but pastor Richard. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure his, his grandpa or his great grandpa or something like I'm gonna have to ask him. We're gonna have to ask him when he comes on. But designed that A logo with the with the eagle and it's yeah. actually on this box that I'm right next what? to me. Right here. Yes, yeah, for you know, sure. That, that like yeah. classic A eagle. Yeah. yeah. I think he said that his grandfather or great grandfather designed that logo. And that's like an one of the most iconic logos in Americana, right? It is. I and, mean, and that's that's what the whole biography was about. And I just I'm only repeating what I heard, but mm-hmm. essentially they were the first company to really make a beer that was widespread across the United States and was the beer that people could drink when they come home and just like oh, yeah. thoroughly enjoy instead yeah. of maybe the, I don't know, the watered down stuff that they'd had before. So okay. interesting. It, it's definitely an American icon, um, yeah. which kind of brings us to this interesting story that we read yeah um in our in our christian current news segment yeah uh which is so interesting um so we we were following on on twitter this this kind of articles that came out on a pastor yeah um, from the east coast who put out a church sign that literally had kind of repeated trump's president trump's words oh is that what is that it did kind of come from that yes oh i didn't see um with his his conflict and kind of um, different interest with the four democratic, um, yeah. um, Congress women. And so he essentially, the church put out on their church sign, mind you, America, love it or leave it. And yeah. he got tremendous pushback for it. And yet and he doubled he, down. He doubled down and he said, I'm standing by it and I'm, I mean what I say. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, but think think about the message that that would portray in front of a church. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of goes two ways. And it depends how you look at it. So yeah. here's the two ways that I think it could go. Either it goes towards the immigrant population mm-hmm. where, you know, like if you're not going to be okay with the new immigration laws and everything we're doing, then just leave. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Yeah. Could go that way. Or it could be speaking to the population in the United States that aren't okay with President Trump, that aren't okay with the way that yeah. America, you know, is working within its political system and its standing. And like, if you're just going to sit here and complain about it, then leave. Yeah. But either way, he definitely knew he was picking a fight. Right. And see, my, my thing with it is I don't know what the message is. And so what? It's, he said, America, love it. 
or leave or it. leave it. So is that like six words or something? I yeah. did it real quick. And you can't get a lot from, especially not getting someone's voice inflection or the context of anything, just using yeah. like six words. It's like tweeting something, right? Right. There's, there's like, you could say something and mean it one way, but have it taken another. And I don't, I just feel like those little snippets and little like things like that are tough to really understand the full scope of what something someone's meaning. And so I'm, I'm always hesitant to like, jump i i think i know what he means and you know i'm right. not i'm not endorsing it but i'm just saying like it's it's so hard to know by just like little snippets you're right you're absolutely right everything can be taken but out obviously of he did it for in, uh, for interest right. and right, probably right, right, right. to be insta famous or do, whatever yeah. do i think it's a biblical or good thing to be saying no i don't know but i also Jesus don't said know it what, about the temple he basically went in and said you love it or leave it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> love this temple or leave it, you crooks. I don't know. Yeah. I'm kidding. It's, that's I interesting. I, I mean, yeah. Anyway, it's, it just was a newsflash. I mm-hmm. think it is an interesting thing that a church took that route. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So should we kind of dive into uh, what we're talking about tonight? Let's you can probably do tell it. by the uh, title of the episode. John fourteen twelve is where it comes from. Um, <clears throat> do you want to read it? Do you want me? I'll go for it. You want, you, so we're going to read the context around it as well. So if we're going to do John 14, 8 through 14. 8 through 14. Okay, that's what I've got pulled up. And okay. verse 12 is the key verse. Here we go. So Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Key verse 12 right here. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You a- you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You really turned on your pastor voice yeah, there. Yeah, I love reading scripture out loud. <laughs> the, the preacher voice is like... You're you're gonna turn. You're gonna read the uh, the passages from now on because you've got it. Woo-hoo. Uh, so what sticks out to you right away? What hits you? I, there's two things that just like really popped up to me after mm-hmm. reading this context and this verse. The first thing actually was a unique response by me. Like I was hurt by the skepticism of the disciples. Like yeah, here where he goes like. Oh, haven't you been with me for this long? Yeah, like, yeah. haven't you figured like, don't it Don't you get it yet? But think of Philip's original question in verse 8 here. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. They wanted to see God the Father. Do you know how much of a no-no that is? Like, not even Moses or Elijah had seen God yeah. face-to-face. And yet, these disciples, that is, yeah. in the 14th chapter of John, throughout the course of Jesus' entire ministry— 
are still asking him, "Hey, can you just can you just prove this to us, please?" Like we're still oh, not. Oh, is that what he's saying? Basically, prove yeah. Prove no, it. Yeah. Look at it. He is. Yeah, that's. And then that Jesus makes goes, sense. "Don't you know me, like Philip? Dude, don't you get it? After all that I've done and all the time we spent together, like I am just as much the father as yeah, he is cause me." Yeah, because then he goes on and says. Uh, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So he's basically saying that they're they're one. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he's okay. So that, I I got you. Don't you believe it? Like right. oh, yeah. And okay. and I'm I'm not quite sure too. This is a random side note. Like I I was reading something the other day about the Trinity, and like the first piece of scripture that really spoke of the Trinity. I don't know if this is it. Like, oh, I, really? it, but it's not much earlier than this. Like it it wasn't until. Jesus's ministry that the Trinity was really an idea, but it came out all much time later, like from theologians that like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa. Like, let's think about the meaning of what Jesus is saying here. Like he's saying, I am the father and the father is me. And then he goes on later to say like, we are sending you a caretaker who is also from me. Yeah. And that's where the idea of the Trinity begins. You know, the, the Trinity was, um, that was always something like it's it's doctrine and I'm I'm not I don't want to sound like I'm questioning it or anything, but it is kind of interesting that there's it's not explicit. It's it's a would would implicit be the right word? It's like it's it's stuff that's like yeah discovered. It's not like Jesus said like, hey, there's this Trinity and it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? It's something that you kind of see in different places throughout the Bible, which just speaks to, it kind of goes back to the, the, the story we were just talking about of, of uh, America, love it or leave it. That I was saying, right. like, you can't gain something in just a little snippet. So if we're looking at like just little snippets of the Bible, you're not going to find something that says like, God is the Trinity of the father, son and Holy spirit. You have to understand like the whole arc of things in order to play, piece it all together, you know? Yeah. So when you're talking about, the trinity it's not that it's not real it's just that you can't necessarily get the whole picture of it in just little snippets correct like little six six words in the bible yeah right? you yeah. have to see it from genesis to revelation mm, that's to understand that there is yeah and so um and that's another example of how like jesus words are can be taken out of context to if, if someone just takes like a six word thing that he says and is like jesus said this well that's why we kind of go back a little bit before and after right what we're talking about here but yeah yeah that's a little tangent there that that, that was good though I, I love that perspective of of context and of, of understanding something like that That was a good tie-in I I just I you know I go back to that initial reaction and I just like shaking my head like disciples dudes come on yeah. like what what more do you need like they want the the wet fleece they want the yeah. extra miracle they want their own pronunciation from God, like, Oh, the, you know, and it's, it's, it's already happened and it's like, they're missing it. And yet I then have this introspective view of myself and I go, Oh man, I've missed a lot too. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. missed so many times where God is doing something and just been oblivious. So I'm, I'm reading this book right now that I've picked up and put down off and on for like, the last couple months, but it's called uh, 12 Ordinary Men. Have you heard of that? Yes. By John MacArthur. Yeah, yeah. And basically each chapter is looking at who each disciple was. And it's fascinating because the 
and I think it kind of ties into this this verse down the way, but like these were incredibly ordinary people. Like when we're when we're saying like he still doesn't get it, right? And Jesus right. is like frustrated with him, like you still don't get it. Well, these these aren't like Bible scholars, right? This is like you know just Joe Schmo off the street who yep. was a fisherman, and not to knock fishermen, but like he 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 didn't fully understand it. Yeah. He he wasn't someone who was but yet each one of them through the work of the Holy Spirit was able to transform the whole world, which is what Jesus is mm. kind of implying, yes. right? Yeah. He goes he goes on and says what our key verse is is whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these. And these super ordinary and boring and kind of incompetent men he says you're going to do greater things than i did yeah you know and so that's it's 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 both shocking i I, like you're saying it's shocking that they still don't get it but it's also encouraging because they're not someone that we look to and we're like well they were so much better they're so much more equipped than we are right now right And, and the thing i would add to that too that i am thinking of is really like jesus is an enigma at this time, like the Israelite world has been so, so many generations have been distant from the miracles of God, um, from when the prophets were right. Like it's been a long time since the prophets were around Yeah. by the time that Jesus is born and the, you know, he's doing the miracles here. And so in, in some capacity, these disciples are, aren't really aware of what they're dealing with quite yet. Like they don't know the seriousness oh, yeah. of like, what Jesus is telling them. I mean, later on, James and John go like, Hey, can we yeah. be your right, yeah. you know, right on each side of you when right. you come to your kingdom? Yeah. And, they, and they're right still the thinking end, they're like, you don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Like you still don't get it. But cause they're all kind of thinking that he is this earthly King, right? right. Like he's literally going to overthrow the Roman empire and, retake the Israelite land and they still believe that amidst all of Jesus's notes of like, no, I'm not staying here. I'm going to the father. Yeah. This is a whole different thing than what you're thinking. Right. And I just, I look at this and I see how gracious Jesus's responses to them. Like he doesn't, he, <laughs> he doesn't say, cuss them out. out. Yeah. He doesn't get out. Yeah. He doesn't go, he Hey, your- you don't love it. Just leave it. Yeah. Like he does. Yes. He doesn't just, just toss them. Right. Yeah. Like his view is so much bigger than like if to, to make it today, his view is so much bigger than America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we we have this like this this pride in our country and it it is a great country, but it's not a perfect country. Right. And but yet it's not even almost not even comparable to what Jesus is bringing. Right. It's it's not even on the same wavelength or we can't even like comprehend it or compare it in the same way. Um, and yet that's what a lot of people do is like, there, there tends to be this like super, uh, hyper nationalism for the United States in the, in, in like this Christian culture, somehow those things have become intertwined. Right. Yeah. And how do we, how have we become so much where we're like, uh, you know, I love God and country and we tie those things so closer to get closely together. Well, like, I, you know, when it comes to the Olympics or something like God's not yeah. cheering for the United States, like right. it just doesn't it, like, yeah. 
or like <laughs> Christian schools, right? <laughs> like where I work. A lot of times other public schools will chant when they're winning, like, God's on our side. Yes. I was, a, I, was I went to a public school, and we'd always chant <laughs> towards sure, the Christian schools. For sure you would. Uh, we would Some things that I don't want to repeat. You yeah. Know? Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> did you go to a Christian high school? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we have this idea of, like, we still today have this um, – pride in country and in God and those things are so closely tied together when when maybe they shouldn't be maybe we're you know and maybe we're getting right. off onto the passage where James and John say hey you know can we be on well your... but I think the context of this is is similar it's so similar, I think we're yeah. on the right track here yeah and, but even even with country I I think so many of us have let our country become an idol. Like we're, yes. we're serving our country or thinking of our country first before we're thinking of God first. Right. And it almost seems to me that Philip in this passage is doing the same. He's kind of thinking of Israel as a, as a country or himself as a, you know, someone who's supposed to benefit from this. Yeah. And he's thinking about, well, come on, like, let me see that this is really real and prove it. Because he's not really seeing the long game here. He's not seeing the truth of the kingdom of heaven. You know what? To to me, now I'm just, uh, this is sort of getting off on a tangent, but what does country represent and what does God represent? Mm. Like, when we think of, like, these being so pr- filled with pride for our country, it tends to come back to, like, the freedom of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? And And Jesus provides the life. The, the liberty God I kind of understand that's like justice and and you know right God brings better justice and better life and the pursuit of happiness almost becomes like God wants to give you life and life to the full which might be another verse that we eventually do mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be happiness he's going to give you joy like, which is deeper than happy. You know what I yes, mean? Like, absolutely. Like, it's almost this comfort versus truth. Yeah. Uh, balance. Like, are we, does, does the country represent this comfort that a country can provide or the safety? And does God provide even more than that? Yeah. Do we trust that God provides yeah, even more than that? No, absolutely. Um, no, that's a great point. Yeah. Did you have any other reactions yourself when you like first read this? Yeah. So the, I kind of narrowed in on specifically on 12. And so, um, whoever believes in me will do the work I have been doing, which begs the question, what is the work he's been doing? But then it all goes on and says, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father. So doing even greater things. And actually, um, so the two things that stood out to me is define greater and define you or they, right? And because first of all, you or they, where it says they will do greater things, mm. it can be individual and it can be corporate. Yeah. Like if I say like, oh, um, if I say you, I can mean you, Corey, or I can mean like yes. you all, which we tend to shorten to you. Um, but then they, I mean, that, that, that leads more towards a corporate setting. Right. So I was trying to think of like, okay, what is, what is Jesus doing? You know, he, 
for example, he feeds the 5,000. But he sort of asks the disciples to do that because he says, well, no, you feed them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? The disciples come to him and say, like, we've got all these people here. What are we going to do? And he's like, you feed them. You do it. He's like inviting into this power that he's got. Right? Yes. Like yeah. it, it's not him. It is him that does it, but he does it through us, which is a, it's it's not just like dictating from on high. This is what's going to happen. It's in, an invitation. Mm-hmm. But also, if you look at like. If you look at like Lutheran Church of Hope, where we go to church. Yes. How many people have has Lutheran Church of Hope through the Holy Spirit? Or obviously, when I say those sort of things, I mean through the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How many people has Lutheran Church of Hope fed? It's tens, if not hundreds of thousands in just the last, uh, you know, the last uh, Meals from the Heartland campaign. Right. Right? Yeah. Which, so that I, would be greater, you know, what's greater things? Yeah. W- side note, like until <sighs> I was sitting in Lutheran Church of Hope listening to Pastor Mike talk, I never knew that like hope started meals from the heartland. Mm. Yeah. Essentially started Ruth Harbor too. Yeah. And, uh, I mean like some huge ministries. Yeah. There's a couple of them and never knew. And yeah. that blows my mind. Like that's a huge, yeah. You but, but back to your point, like, um, you're right. Like this idea that, you know, the statement is, is, is so big corporately, but also individually. And, yeah. and I can't, I can't remember. There's some segment within the ministry of Jesus before this, where he sends the disciples out yeah, to, to do, to, yeah, right. To do their early, own thing. earlier on. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and he basically tells them like, Hey, like go use my name as your authority. Right. And do, and, and like spread the word and do, do these miracles for the sake of God. And they do like, they go out and they do stuff and they're blown away. Right. And there's a passage later on, um, where the disciples come running back to Jesus and they're like, Hey, 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 we saw some guy and he's using your name to do miracles. Yeah. Like tell him that that's not, that's not okay. It's not on the end. Yeah. And Jesus goes, Whoa, no, that's yeah. fine. That's what's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Like that's the authority of my name. They're like, Oh, what? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Like, so I know we can go back and back and back and forth to how the disciples just don't get it half the time, but it's, but a, it's an openness. It is. It's uh, now I'm just, I'm just kind of realizing this, like that statement is an openness, like a, a willingness or a welcomeness for anyone. Yes. Anyone. Mm hmm. It is, it is, I don't read that on the, at, at first glance that it's like, it's an invitational, it's an open, it's a welcome. It's like, Hey, this is for everyone. But now that we discuss it, now that it's like, now that you say that these things, he's saying like, no, anyone, anyone who, uh, okay. Where does he say, um, whoever believes in me will do the work I've been doing. And they will do even greater things. So the work I've been doing, everything you've seen already, mm-hmm. which up to that point is like a bunch of miracles and preaching and teaching and stuff. Right. He hasn't died yet. Nope. Right? I mean, I assume he loops that in to this statement. Maybe right. not. But they'll do even greater things. And it's interesting. He says, the reason is because I'm going to the Father. Yeah. Is that because he's one with the Father? 
because he just said that earlier in the statement. He, mm-hmm. you know, he said that he went one. back and forth with that very repetitively. Like I, I am from the Father. The Father is me. I am of the Father. Like, don't you know this? It's basically saying like you'll do these things in my name because I'm God. Right. Yeah. And but I think he, you know, he's also tapping into how we will we will all receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And and he uses that in the book of Acts, right? Like in Acts chapter one, when he's giving this great commission, yeah. he says, like, you will go to the ends of the earth. Like this great counselor will come and you're going to spread my name and you're going to do great, great things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, OK, so on to the greater thing. Yeah. You know, you could go to uh, the story of the the guys who lower the um paraplegic or the paralyzed guy down on the mat through the ceiling right and jesus says your sins are forgiven yeah and everyone's like like that's not what he wanted what he wanted dude and he's like fine i'll prove to you that i can forgive sins by saying pick up your mat and go yeah and he does so like the question i would say there is like what's greater things like what do we think we think the greater Uh, thing is to say like pick up your mat and go and he's like no 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 Hmm. greater things like you know we i mean we give in some traditions pastors and preachers have the power to forgive sins you know they, they're yeah. given that authority right. through god right um in other traditions like there's the priesthood of all believers where we are all priests and we're all called to that this this royal priesthood right mm-hmm. um but forgiveness in that story and where he we talks to the par- paralyzed man is the greater thing yeah forgiveness of sins is greater forgiving your neighbor absolutely is greater than healing them yep and so when he's it, it makes me think like when he says you'll do even greater things and then the next verse he says and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Mm-hmm. So that greater thing you you do, I will do it. Yeah. So when we come across a guy who's paralyzed or who's homeless or sick or whatever it is, and we say, Jesus, you're going to do the greatest thing. I want you to heal him. Is that the greatest thing? Yeah. And I think we could debate this for years. Oh, yeah. And... It's been an interesting note within my my own journey of spirituality with with this because I kind of go back to the <clears throat> parable of the mustard seed mm-hmm. and where Jesus said it just takes the faith of a mustard seed yeah to throw a mountain into the sea yeah and I've always thought about that like is that a real thing. And that could probably be a whole episode in itself, right? Like is throwing a mountain into the sea, something that our faith can do if we believe it. And that was the story of the parable. That was the parable, right? Right. Like if you believe it, you can do it. He's also referencing that here. If you believe it and you use the power of my name, I will do it right for you, for the glory of God. And you then you start to think like, well, what is the greatest thing that I need to be doing? Is it to heal someone? Is yeah. it to have my own prayers answered, or for you know this 
ailment to be gotten rid of. And then you kind of get into the world of like, there's been a lot of big prayers that were never answered and they were done in the name of Jesus. And we were told that we could do greater things. Greater things could be defined as miracles and yet it didn't happen. Yeah. So did we not have enough faith? Did we not have enough of Jesus's power? Like, do you see how that road can just get so distorted and rocky that like, and I think that's the, that's the frustrating part of this. Oh, I completely agree. Because I think it's so hard to understand and apply today. I agree. I mean, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, my dad and, and him, he was, if you didn't catch any of those episodes that he was diagnosed with cancer, stage four pancreatic cancer, and he was dead uh, 103 days later. Um, and we went through a lot of praying for him. And I read these scriptures that says like the prayer of a righteous person will, will be answered. Yes. Like I will do that. And this one right here, I'll do whatever you ask in my name. And the thing that I think I've had to learn over time is like, do we think of prayer as like a genie? I hate mm. to like over cliche that sure. like, cause that's, that's used a lot. Like I asked God over and over again, this, and he hasn't answered it. I asked my, you know, for healing for my dad over and over and he didn't do it. Or am I asking for something greater? Like I, I want my dad healed. Mm. Jesus wants something bigger. And first he wants through that prayer to change my prayer yeah. to something bigger. Uh you know, I think uh, over time, like when I said, okay, heal my dad, heal my dad, heal my dad, heal my dad. I wasn't like listening to Jesus, right? To say, I, I would say, almost almost say like, this is what I think the greatest thing is. Please heal him. I think that's the greatest thing. Please heal him. And you say that you'll do all the greater things through me. Please heal him. And I was not listening to Jesus to say like, I've got, you know, hey, I, th- I think he was saying, I've got, I've got bigger plans. I've got better, I've got something better in store. And over time, allowing his voice to change my prayer, right? Hmm. Into something even greater. I mean, I look at my life now. It, it, it seems weird to say, but like that little boy that's sleeping in the room next to us is here because of that whole situation. And not that some one pain and and one joy is always exchanged for the other, or one's bigger, or one's better. But he redeemed that situation, right? And made it something, and made life from that. Um, yeah. So, I think it's 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 easy to say like, oh, well, Jesus says I'm going to do some greater things, so I'm going to tell him what those greater things are. Yeah. There's a part of me in this too that does ask the question, was this ever meant for us? Mm. Was this only meant for the disciples? Because he was talking to them specifically at this time, not the crowds, not the extra people around. 
but them. And a and a part of me questions if it was meant for them in order to advance the kingdom of God in a world of doubt within the Israelite Jewish culture. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Like That's a good and what good if question. it was? Cuz again, we could argue that we don't see the miracles that Jesus was doing prevalently today. Right? Like we, we, we can and do in some regards, but like there's no group of 12 plus their rabbi going around and just in downtown Chicago healing the, the lame and the sick and just this night. I mean, I've, I've seen situations where a guy was diagnosed with stage four, cancer and after a healing prayer session went back to the doctor and said there's no cancer i don't know where it's at so there are those right and and i too have seen crazy miracles in front of me like i I have witnessed these things yeah i mean and and to be honest still partially that hurts me because i was one of those who did not get that so anyone who's listening yeah you know might hear like oh yeah why did that guy get this stage four you know, cancer healed. Well, that wasn't my dad. So yeah, you know, <laughs> anyway, no, I, no, I totally going. get it. Cause, because right. That's, that's the opposite side of it is that there's so many, like we said, prayers that weren't answered. Right. Was it the the greatest thing? Was it not? I will be, I don't know. Yeah. But part one of greater, me, one not. right. Part of me does question like, was that just meant for the disciples? And I've had, I've, I've yeah. had, deep long intimate conversations with pastors before on this topic and it goes forever and I, I feel like I get answers from both sides. Yeah. But that does come to my mind. Um so um yeah I mean if you think about it is just for <coughs> excuse me. Um just for the disciples then that's true. Like numerically, they created this church that reached, you know, if, if Jesus had a church of 12, I mean, he didn't, he had the 12, the 70, the multitudes, whatever. These disciples formed these churches that were much larger all combined. Yeah. Right. It's the same spirit in all of it. I would I would say, you know, if if is it just for the disciples? Is it just for, or is it for all of us? I don't think that it, me personally. I don't think it's like, hey, who's doing it? I think it's the spirit that's in it. Right. So if the spirit is the same in the disciples as it is in us today, which it should be, yeah, then wouldn't that apply to us? I like that. That's a great line of reasoning, and I, I, I would, ag- I would agree. And I, okay. What are the What are the pastors saying that you've talked to about this? I'm, I'm curious. Well, it depends on what denomination you're talking. I want to hear them all. I don't, <laughs> let's not call out a denomination for a bad, bad answer, but let's hear. I, it's kind of hard not to within this combo. I, just for example, I, I come from a, a Christian Reformed Dutch Reformed background, right? Yeah. 
Miracles really aren't a part of their vocabulary. In fact, I had one pastor tell me one time that um, the Reformed Church essentially sees the Holy Spirit as dessert. And you don't really need dessert at dinner. Mm. But mm. you're meat and potatoes. You're God and Jesus. You definitely partake in every day. Interesting. Yeah, like just just listen to that one and let it settle for a bit. Nothing, but, against, nothing against the RCA, CRC. Like, I, there's a lot of good things there. But see, but. so here, remember your thought where you're going. On Got this. it. My quick thought, my quick point is, like back on the Jesus sends the disciples out two by two, you know, and and they come back and they say, hey, we saw someone else sending, you know, casting out demons in your name. We told him to stop, and he's like, don't tell him to stop. To me, that's a denominational thing. That's like, <laughs> yeah, it that's is. like, hey, the Catholics are doing something in Jesus' name. Should we tell them to stop? No. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're doing it in my name. That's fine. Hey, the Lutherans are the the that's CRC, so the the whatever it is, yeah. are doing it in Jesus' name. Should we tell them to stop? No. Anyway, that's good. That, that's that's. Keep going. So, what were you? So, where were you going okay. with that? So, that's kind of one perspective, right? So, from from that realm, the conservative realm there, and there's there was some other denominations that very much echoed that sentiment of like miracles aren't a thing. They aren't done anymore. And there might be some outliers, but they're like the Holy spirit doesn't work in that way anymore. He's more of a comforter and our savior because the spirit is in us. Then he is a miracle doer. Right. Then you talk to other pastors and other denominations and they take this very verse that we're talking about and they say, look, this is the very reason that we are doing more and called to do more in this world because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit who is in us. And we call on the name of Jesus, who is the name of, of all names. And with this, now we go out within our own ministry and we heal and we we proclaim and we speak tongues and, and we um, say words of wisdom and we, we could do all of these things in order to glorify God and, and advance his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And really those things are what these disciples were being equipped with to do because the church was starting right, right. at this time. And so I don't know, like that's the two worlds you, you get the, yeah, it's just the extra stuff that, you know, doesn't really exist. It's, it's not the way it was intended to be now. And there's, those are the two arguments. Like those gifts died. The power of miracles died with the disciples. And right. then like, no, like you just said, that same spirit lives in us. It persists on today. And we, with the name of Christ can do greater things. So, so I see this, this sort of tension in this, I think in, in most topics we're going to talk about, there's there's going to be this tension between two different things. Always, there's yeah. going to be there's going to be a left ditch, there's going to be a right ditch, right? And one of the things that I really, I really love what Pastor Mike says a lot. He's like, the truth is always is it tends to be somewhere in the middle, okay? And so like a lot of people like to take hard stances on things left and right and whatnot, and and so in this, like I I think Jesus is saying this for. A couple reasons, but to say, like, not give us the excuse that, hey, well, we're not Jesus, so we can't do that. One small example is, like, in, in doing in doing small groups. Like, I've talked to a lot of different churches, because I do small group ministry, I've talked to a lot of different churches about how they do small groups and stuff. And, and one of the things I, I will hear is we like to keep our small groups 
under 12 people because Jesus did 12 and we're mm. not Jesus. So we got to like tone it back for our abilities. Right. Interesting. I've, I've heard that I've legitimately heard that before, but in other contexts, like we can think about like, Oh, I think I'm called to do this, but I'm not Jesus. And Jesus didn't even do that sort of thing. And so like kind of hold us back. Right. Huh. And I think Jesus says like, no, you're going to do greater things. Like, I mean, this is just kind of a funny example, but like doing a small group with 15 people, you can, you can handle that because you have my spirit and you're going to do greater things. Yeah. Right. Interesting. That's, 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 an example that's that can be applied in a bunch of different contexts, but that's one thing I'm hearing. Um, the other thing is to say, like, well, Jesus is a genie, and he's going to do whatever, anything I want him to do. Mm. And he says I can do greater things. Well, I want him to give me a Ferrari. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so there's kind of this, like, where where does this thing fall? Does it fall in, like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm I can't do those things because I'm not Jesus. Or does it say like Jesus can say it, I do whatever I want. This is what I want. Boom. You know? And yeah, and so and, it's it's somewhere in the middle of right. those because I think both of those are, are kind of an, a misunderstanding of what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Would and, you agree? Yeah, and okay. I what I hear you saying though there too, like to sum it up quickly, is is kind of a a me a me centric or a selfish pursued glory and a serving of the same spirit like serving others like me and others it's a humility i mean yeah humility is not like denying the skills or the gifts that you have it's acknowledging the skills and gifts that you do have and the ones you don't have right right so like a humility to say like well no like what's greater for me is not to have a ferrari but also Jesus spirit is living in me. So like I can do things like run a really great small group. That's 13 people, yeah. you know, like that. And, and that's, that's maybe just a, a, a very simplified example, but you know what I mean? Yeah, when, when, when totally. people say those things like, well, I'm not Jesus. I just, I, you know, I just, it's almost like saying you can't do so. It's making an excuse for not doing something because you're not Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not Jesus, so I can't do something really great. Well, no, you you you, you can, can because Jesus gave you a spirit and he's going to allow you to do those yeah. things. Yeah. No, I I like that motivation within that because I think a lot of us need that reminder and perhaps you could say that's what Philip needed as a reminder too. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, y- you want to see the Father, but you need to remember like you have the same gift that I have. And you're going to do greater things than me. Like, have faith in yourself. You can do this. You have the capability. And I think that's often what we need to hear from Christ, too, because we forget that, you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit and with the the, the closeness and relationship that we, we have with God, like, we are meant for greater things. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this verse is a reminder of that. Like, hey, there's more. There's there's more that we can all be doing, whether we understand what that quote-unquote greater thing is or not. There's always an opportunity. Yeah. 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 I Yeah, that's good. Um, so, like, what is this? I mean, if we're going to make this into something we 
use in today's world, right? Yeah. What does it mean, like, if 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 Jesus really is talking to us? So I believe He is talking to us, and not just the disciples. Yeah. What does that mean for where we're at now? Like, what is when Jesus says, like, "Hey, you're going to do much greater things." What is what does that mean for you? What does that mean for the person listening? What does that mean for you know what I mean? What does that look like? Looks like opportunity. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think we've been hitting on it a little bit. And I think you know, we we've each brought a unique perspective to that um of what that could be. But I, th- I think it really comes down to, here's, here's how I would explain it. I think we all have some sort of reality line of what we believe God can do mm. or what we believe yeah. God can do for us. And I think as our journey with Christ continues and as our faith grows we continue to see and do greater things yeah and for some people you know that's a prayer that was answered mm-hmm. they like they they prayed fervently for something and it was answered that was that was a greater thing for some of us is like we go on a mission trip and we serve the children and families and we see God working in a place where you would, you would think people wouldn't want Christ mm-hmm. and greater things were done there. Yeah. Um, for, for some it's coming out of a season of depression and of identity crisis and all of a sudden security is there and um, strength of faith is there and the ownership of who they are is there. And now they feel like they've done a greater thing, like they've made it through this Valley. Yeah. Um, so part of me feels like that's what we're doing with it is we have this line of belief, almost like Philip in this passage, like this is what I understand it to be. And yet when I live and I see God be faithful and I call on him to be faithful, greater things are done. Yeah whether that was by me calling on Christ and using his name, or that was on the way that my faith played out. Like that was the greater thing that was, that was done in in my life. I don't know. That's, that's like this one way that I feel it playing. I like how at at the beginning of what you're talking about, you kind of said like we all have in, in our mind, like what our almost our boundaries are. What yeah. was the word you said? The, yeah. Or like the, what just, our limitations are maybe. Well, like, yeah, like w- the line of understanding of who, who God is or what he does. Yeah. It's, it's a limitation. Yeah. And so almost if I think about like how, how we would translate it today, I would almost think God's saying like, I'm going to blow your mind. Like I'm going to do yeah. like that line that you have created in your head about how I can work in this situation. If you let me work in this situation, I'm going to do greater things than even that. I'm going to go past that line. Yeah. For instance, like I go back to the 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 paralyzed man lowered down on the mat in front of me says like your sins are forgiven and everyone's like, "What?" 
I've heard so often people say like, oh, I could never forgive that person. And to now that I'm, I'm talking about it, I'm like, that is a line that we've created in our mind. Yeah. That I could never forgive that person. And God's saying like, I can do, that's, that's something more that I can do. Like yeah. I can, I'm giving you the power. We, we, we assume that the person who's hurt us has the power. Mm-hmm. Totally wrong. Right. And the power is within the person who's been hurt to say like, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be able to forgive that person. And God gives us the ability to do greater things in that situation that we didn't even think we could do. And no matter how bad we are hurt or whatever that is, he says, I can, I can go past that boundary. I'm going to blow your mind and yes. give you that power to forgive that person. Even though you think you've limited yourself to you can't. Yeah. And sometimes those things, I mean, we, t- we tend to think about this as like, I want to be a movie star and God do great things for me and make me a movie star. And even that is putting a, a boundary on it that says like, I I believe God can make me a bound, a, a movie star. And God's like, no, you know what? I, I don't know what it is, but no, no, you know what? You're going to be a therapist, a, 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 a therapist. And you're going to like help people, you know, yeah. heal people. Yeah. And that's a greater thing. But in our mind, that doesn't seem like a greater thing because you know, one's paid less than the other and right. we, what we wanted was not what we got. Yep. And where, where is that greater thing and how can we understand what God's thinking in that greater thing? Yeah. Um, well, and I, I go back to your previous point tonight too, you know, like you talked about your dad passing and those prayers like didn't come answered that way. And yet, you know, you noted this greater thing of your son like just in the next room and just the perspective that you have on that and like that that's a situation where you you've seen and you've noticed god working in a greater way right or doing a, a greater thing than what you thought was yeah the item that was supposed to be done yeah um and maybe like that, that to me is kind of a short example of what you just explained. Yeah. Um, but I think as we, we look at how we can use this today, I think we have to be reminded that we're very human and our minds are very limited and God's is not his is eternal. His like, think about that. God's mind comprehends eternity. Mm -hmm. He exists omnisciently at both the beginning and end of it mm-hmm. and everywhere in between. And yet we have, but a, a snap yeah. of time here on earth. Like we don't understand greatness, right? We don't understand the reality of Jesus's statement in this verse. And because of that, like we need to be humbled as, as you noted earlier, we need to be humbled and understand that God will be doing greater things through us yeah. in the name of Christ yeah. and in the name of his kingdom. And we just got to be ready yeah. and it, we may not understand it. We may not have a clue that that's actually what is happening. Because again, what if to us, the seemingly nothing thing that we do, like we throw $10 at a homeless person. Mm-hmm. that's nothing. That wasn't right. great. 
Like, I didn't do anything greater than Jesus. I didn't heal a man of leprosy. What if that $10 was able to feed his child for a night? And then that child goes on to become a doctor that cures cancer. Mm-hmm. Holy well, cow. You know what I'm saying? Like we, because we only see moments and not eternity. I don't think we can understand the reality of the greatness that Jesus speaks of that we're capable of. And we need to be, we need to be ready. And I think, I think that's what I mentioned way at the beginning of this, right? Is like, like I, I, uh, like, I don't, I don't understand the greatness. I don't understand like where this can go and what it really means. But, but anyway, I I think that's, that's a hard truth here. Yeah. And even so just on that story with like giving a homeless man $10 whose kid might grow up and cure cancer. I think what that, what this is even saying is like, even like, it may be even a different perspective than that. It may be, I've had this conversation with a lot of people recently that like, what do you do to some, a homeless person who's standing on the street asking for 10 bucks? Yeah. What is the loving thing to do? Because one argument is, well, if I give them 10 bucks, they're just going to go buy alcohol. So I'm not going to give them 10 bucks. Well, that is that is a type of love that if if i were to if i were to give him 10 bucks and that in my giving of the 10 bucks i'm only doing that as long as he buys good things Hmm. that is a type of love that demands a certain response interesting and me just giving the 10 bucks and saying i trust god that if he does something good with it or something bad with it I mean, that's where the word charity comes from. It's yeah. it's love that expects nothing in return. Mm. And so maybe that love that was in you for giving 10 bucks to that person, knowing not at all what is going to come out of it, is the greater thing. Like, that's a greater type of love than the, t- that, than the love that demands some sort of response, some sort of, like, we, we, we so much want to make sure that our... And I think it's a good thing to, to measure and to say... Is are our dollars going to certain things and making a making an impact? Yeah. Are we doing are we, the way the things that we're doing doing something? Is it just not going to waste? There's a tension in that as well. But if that's the reason why we don't give, because oh he's just going to give it to alcohol, then our love is rooted in something that that's demands really something else. And that's not the love of Christ. Right. The love of Christ is I'm going to love you whether you screw up or not. Yep. He doesn't say, I'm going to give you this $10, which to, to say $10 would be his son. That sounds awful to say, but yeah. like if, if that's the synonymous object in this, I'm going to give you my son and I expect you to do these things yeah. or I'm not going to give you the $10 again. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So maybe that the greater thing is, is, teaching even in you or you know the per the giver of that what that ten dollars yeah, means that's phenomenal so that's a great point and um, that that's like that's two very different ideas of greater too that like oh yeah and i like, think it means both i do i think, no, I think it could mean but both I, but i love that i love that about this podcast <laughs> i love that about exploring these verses mm-hmm. um because i because i i know that it can be understood in so many different ways and i know yeah that it can happen. And that's the reason we do it, right? That's the reason we look at yeah. this 
and we go, okay, we want to make this the open-ended discussion on what it could really be in somewhere yeah. in there in the middle, like you mentioned earlier, like yeah. maybe that's the truth. Yeah. And, uh, and yet we just hope to live it out too. So how, yeah. how, how would you maybe put this in today's words? It seems pretty applicable, but I mean, like, like I kind of said earlier, I think God's saying like, I'm going to blow your mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Like I'm going to blow I'm, your mind. I'm going to blow your mind with what, what's, like if you allow me to work through you, I'm gonna blow your mind. Hmm. I like that, I and know. I th- and I think that like to kind of help put a bow on all this. I think that's my prayer. In that is like in my prayers for things. May they be like the greater things that God wants, mm. not the greater things that I really that I, the, maybe the cap that I put on it. Maybe they would be, be the. Anyways, you know, that kind of um, heart behind the greaterness, Mm. greatness. Yeah, I like that. What would you say? Man, the blow your mind's pretty good. You know, the, the one that resonates in my mind is something like this. Jesus might also be saying, like, I'm going to surprise you. Yeah, that's a good one. And it kind of it's kind of similar to yours, but like, I'm going to surprise you on what you think. Yeah. should be done. And, and I think from our discussion tonight, I think that resonates like we're, we're going to be surprised. Um, greater may not be what we think. Yeah. Um, greater may be more eternally minded than it is momentary minded. Yeah. And because of that, like we need to be ready. Yeah. Um, to, to be the hands and feet of Christ in this world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Um, is there any last minute things you want to say before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered that. That was pretty good. Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our next topic, like, like we said earlier was uh Twitter user, Twitter listener requested from Justin Sheriff. Um, and it's from Luke 18. And the quote is God will bring about justice. Do you want to say anything else more about it? It's the parable <laughs> of, the, the judge persistent widow also known as the something judge the, um, <laughs> it, we just started getting into it tonight before yeah. our podcast. in niv it's parable the persistent widow. yeah it's the persistent it's about persistent widow. prayer unjust judge unjust um, judge yeah. yeah 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 and so just lo- just look at that it's kind of a unique parable of which god or sorry jesus brings about mm-hmm. and it's next to a really big parable so I think it's it's interesting, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dig into that. As always, we're always curious about your thoughts and comments. Yeah. If you're still with us here at the end of this podcast, to um, you know, hopefully, if you have some thoughts, like sh- throw them out to us on Twitter. We'd love to answer. Yep. If you have your own verses, things that Jesus have said that you are curious about us digging into or listening along with us, then shout them out. This will be our second um, listener submitted verse coming up. Yeah. Um, so it's very likely that we'll keep, we can get yours on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think next episode, just a little preview, we're going to do uh, kind of an, a little bit of an overview discussion of what we've learned or what we've taken away from the first 10 episodes. So it will next be one, our 10th. Next one will be our 10th episode. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of that beforehand and uh, looking forward to it. Woo-hoo. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, thank you for making it all the way through here. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow us on Twitter. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.